Welcome to the Refined Podcast with Amber Anderson, where wedding planners like you come to be encouraged and challenged through radical honesty, tough love, and brilliant ideas. As a former personal trainer turned wedding planner and now educator, Amber is known for helping wedding planners grow through her no BS yet considerate and thoughtful approach. The Refined Podcast tackles the issues you think about but fear bringing up, all with Amber's trademark sass and wit. So as you listen, be sure to hit that subscribe button, making sure you never miss that one little nugget that could change it all for you. Hi, Refiners. Welcome back for another episode. Today, I have Brayden Drake with Unfuck Your Business, and I'm so excited to have him as a guest on our show today. Brayden and I have become friends this year through our other pal, Renee, and I know you guys love her. So if you love Renee, any friend of Renee's is a friend of mine. And Brayden is just so fun. He's so full of life, so full of personality. And I've just really enjoyed getting to know him this year, not only for for that, for those reasons, but also he's just so smart and so helpful and is an amazing resource. If you were able to join us this summer when we had a webinar with Brayden, you will know that he is such a giver and so knowledgeable. So Brayden, tell us a little bit about yourself. You are based in California, but what else should we know? Well, first of all, so, so excited to be on the podcast. I feel like you really hyped me up, so hopefully I can live up to expectations. We'll see. But (laughs) as you noted, yes, I live here in Southern California in San Diego. I actually moved out from Indiana, so a Midwesterner at heart. Moved out seven, a little over seven years ago for law school. Did that whole thing, took and passed the bar exam, ended up getting my master's in tax law, and immediately started my own business. Within a year, I was basically niched into helping creatives. So nowadays, this is a really ballpark figure, but about 60 to 70% of my audience and students are wedding professionals. And I've actually, just this year, I think between knowing Renee really well, connecting with you, connecting with a few other educators, specifically who help a lot of wedding planners, I've had this like huge influx of wedding planners in particular into my programs, which is kind of fascinating. Yeah, well, and this year is kind of, blown up on us so we've needed you <laughs> in yes, a big way exactly yeah but you've had some really exciting things going on this year I mean you just released a book so tell me about that for a second yeah so I've always wanted to write a book I just thought that books are like what cool smart people do like when I was little I was I always thought it'd be super cool to write a book and then I joined a mastermind last year and one of the women in my mastermind she's a book coach for entrepreneurs And naturally, you just spend so much time with someone like that. And eventually, their enthusiasm kind of rubs off on you. And she talked, I always say she talked me into writing a book. I really talked myself into it. But we started in like April, May. She gave me like six weeks to write it. It was a super short turnaround. And then after the whole editing process and everything, the book was released on October 6th. Oh, that's so fun. That's so exciting. All the things that I've learned from you this year, I can only imagine that that book is just a good and probably easy read. I'm sure you've infused your first personality into it and and whatnot. So where can people find that book? Well, they can find it at unfuckyourbizbook.com. That will redirect to the book page. They can go check it out. It's, I always joke, it's about 330 pages of fun. This is like a full on hardcover, like nonfiction book. So it's legit. It's not one of those like 30 page ebooks that you like pay $50 for and then don't learn anything. That shit drives me crazy. Well, I like that you think how an audience might be thinking. So 
nailed it right there. <laughs> and by the time this airs, I will probably have read it. So <laughs> good, good. Yeah, you should. We are airing it or we are recording it. Like it, it released like yesterday, hours ago. So <laughs> that is on my yes. short list of things to do. So yeah, but I'm really excited for you. So as this year, we were talking about this year and just like the progression of your clientele moving into more and more wedding planners and things like that. Like what are you seeing happen more and more on your desk? And like, what are the questions you're getting? What are you, as you have studied this year and where we're headed and, and knowing that engagement season is just around the corner for us, like what are some things that you would have us think about and consider as we go into that? Well, first of all, I, ha- I have to kind of preface this with obviously 2020 has been totally crazy. And what I'm seeing is, you know, we went through like three months where all we were talking about were contract cancellations, postponements, how to have addendum, like addendums, all this kind of stuff. And then people finally, you know, they got that figured out, they got all the resources that they needed. And then it felt like for a hot minute for a month or so people just like needed downtime. They were like, I can't think about this anymore. I just need a break. Yeah. Yeah. And in my programs, I also talk a lot about business planning, 10 year vision, all this kind of stuff. It seems bizarre, but there's a connection, a correlation, I promise. A lot of the people said, I don't really want to think about right that right now. Like thinking about what the future holds is just kind of making me depressed. So mm-hmm. I would say if anyone is still feeling like that, that's totally okay. But hopefully by this time, by the time this comes out in November, we've all had a, at least a couple months to process, fingers crossed. And at this point, ideally, everyone should be ready to think to 2021. Because what could be a really interesting conversation between you and I, this is something I've been thinking a lot about, is if everyone has postponed the majority of their weddings to 2021, provided that COVID COVID starts to open up and you can start to book new clients, a lot of your dates are going to be taken, Mm -hmm. which means you're going to be booking out further than you ever have, or you're going to be booking twice as many events as you normally would have during 2021. Yeah. And what that means is that there's very really bizarre factors to consider for cash flow management, which means that you might have new tax considerations, but that also means more liability because you're doing more events. You really need to start to consider your contracts, your insurance, whether it's time for an LLC and all these other things headed into what really is kind of the unforeseen in the next year or so. And of those things, where do you feel like people are the most unprepared? So I've been talking about insurance quite a bit. It seems like, and I never know where people get this from, but it seems like most of your peers in the industry got the memo about insurance, which is great. Most people seem to have it. A lot of people are lacking professional liability insurance though, which is an additional policy you can add on to your general liability. So start there, add on professional liability insurance. That's super important. And then if you've been in business, you know, for a year or two, and you have a pretty steady stream of clients, and you don't already have an LLC, that's the next big step as well. Do you find that people get stuck in a loop on which legal entity to do like LLC versus sole prop or whatnot? Because you've, you've leaned on the LLC in this conversation. Do you, do you feel like you see people mostly head that way? Or do you kind of have to like guide them towards it? Yeah, I do. So well, I do have to guide them, but that is the natural evolution. So do your kids like Pokemon? Are they Pokemon fanatics? Well, my six-year-old is kind of starting to get into that, but mine are still pretty little. So, but yeah, we've learned who Pokemon is on the school bus. (laughs) I know. Do you like these sharp diversions? So I give an analogy in my book and I say that business entities are like Pokemon. So even if you're listening and you have no idea what I'm talking about, like pretty much everyone knows who Charmander is. He's like, you know, the cute little lizard fire Pokemon. 
We all know Charmander, right? And he grows up into like a big fire-breathing dragon, right? He's more powerful, more strong. And I say, when everyone starts out, they're like a cute little Charmander. That's your sole proprietorship. And then eventually, they call it evolution. You're going to evolve into an LLC. That's the next step. And then eventually, once your business is making enough money, you'll take another evolution to the next step beyond that, which is an S-corp. So the reason why I like to teach it this way is people think that there's like tons and tons of different business entity options out there. There's really not. You have an S-corp or an LLC. LLCs provide liability protection. Sole props don't. So you want to go from a sole prop to an LLC really sooner rather than later, like as soon as you can. And then once you're making enough money in your business, you take the next step. And really, you can just narrow your focus down to like those three things. Yeah, totally. And to kind of break that down, when Braden says, you know, liability protection, we're talking and we're talking big stuff here. Like if you get sued there, an LLC like creates this layer of protection between you and your personal assets where that doesn't happen in the sole prop. So you want to get there as quickly as you can, like Braden is saying for sure. So Braden, do you feel like we're going to be having newer conversations or different kinds of conversations with our couples as the phones start ringing here around the holiday engagements? It depends. Like I really think between now and December, there like a lot of stuff can change, right? And it also depends where you're located. So here in Southern California, things are starting to open back up, but you still can't really have receptions anywhere. I think other parts of the country, like where you are, what are they doing right now in October? Well, we have so many big venues and a lot of land So in that regard, we're kind of lucky that we can spread out outside and we have decent weather. I mean, it can be January and 90 degrees. It could also be January and 10 degrees, 15 degrees. So it's kind of a crapshoot, but it's a moving target. But we are able to do stuff because we have the space, right? The regions matter. Yeah, the regions make a big difference. And I'm not an expert like on reopenings. I'm obviously not an epidemiologist, but just as any human person like everyone else, My personal take on this is I think some areas like Southern California are being slower to reopen, A, because they feel like they need to be, which is totally fine. And B, I think that they really don't want to have to take another step backwards. So my hope is that even if it takes us, you know, two more extra months to get to reopenings, they're going to do that so that you don't have to have this like back and forth bullshit with your clients like over and over again, right? So I'm hoping that by the time people get to December and January, you could tell them like right now, you know, local, local government says we can do 50 person events. Like, why don't you go ahead? You're planning something eight months, 12 months. We can go ahead and assume that everything will be open by that point in time, but let's kind of contingency plan. What would you want to do if you can only have 50 people versus what would you do if you can have 200 people and how can we plan accordingly? Like that's how I would probably approach it. And then obviously you're all planners. So when it comes to the details of of that kind of consideration, you're going to know a hell of a lot more than I will. Yeah, no, (laughs) for sure. And also, I mean, this is going to be released like, let's do the math, maybe four-ish days after election day. So we may or may Uh, not know who our new president is. And like a lot can change within this recording. So it will be very fascinating to see where this all goes. One question I want to have for you is because I like to kind of hit and push buttons. (laughs) I want to know what would you identify as something that you were seeing planners or venue owners or like what's something you would say like please stop doing this like what are you doing what do you find is controversial in some of these conversations where even maybe vendors aren't agreeing but yeah what is something kind of hot out there that you would call out? 
I'm putting Brady yeah, well, here. I didn't tell him I was going to ask this. <laughs> yeah, it's putting me a little bit on. I've seen several posts, I feel like, from your Facebook group just today that are pretty controversial, but it's more so like crazy shit that the brides, like brides and grooms and wedding couples are doing, not so much other vendors. But I would say from a vendor standpoint, like a lot of the stuff that I see that really drives me crazy is just not abiding by local rules and guidelines, mm-hmm. A, and B, then not abiding to like what's become the norm in the industry. Because if you decide that you're going to continue to have an event, despite the fact that it's against local rules that are set up right now, and all of the other vendors say, I'm not going to do that, I'm not going to break the law, then you're making all of them look bad. And then that can get very, very tricky, right? Yeah, I mean, that could be a whole conversation. No, it is. And it's a great conversation to have. I would like to see more consistency in that. I feel like it's this random, I don't want to use the word slippery slope. That's not the right word. But like, there's a semantics thing that's happening too. Maybe that's not even right word. Like, people are defining things in a differently. And they're finding these loopholes and these scapegoats to justify. And then yeah. some people, some people are just uncomfortable with it. And so they're putting their foot down in a firmer way than maybe like, is needed is needed for the mandates but like i mean comfort levels matter i get that i understand that but yeah i think working better together is something that we really need to that's a good call out for sure i think that we can get on our feet a lot faster if we can just do this right and well and stop breaking the rules and i know that it comes from a place of we got to pay our bills like i get that right like i'm also this is going to be kind of silly but i'm also going to play like devil's advocate <laughs> advocate with myself Like after I mentioned that, you know, like kind of giving, like giving people shit because they're continuing with an event when other people don't want to. The flip side of that is, is that we all need to not be judgmental about the decisions that other people are making in their business. Right. You know, we don't know what the inside of someone else's business looks like. We all have different cash flow. We all have different contracts. And so if the industry were governed by like a national body that said, this is what everyone's going to do. And this is how everyone's going to bill. like, great, that would make it easy for everyone. That's not how it works. So especially, I think it goes on the backs of the planners a lot of the time, because you're the hub of communication for your clients is to tell them, explain to them, well, your DJ is not giving you a refund because that's what was in their contract. And yes, it's very nice that your caterer might be giving you a refund, but just because they're doing you like a favor and going against their own contract doesn't mean that you should expect that from everyone else. So it's kind of just allowing people to do what they need to do in their own business. And I think what I would like to see more of on that is, is communication among the teams, right? So like, maybe with one particular couple, a wedding team can do a certain thing because it's at a particular space that, you know, it makes more sense. Whereas the same vendor team can't necessarily do that in another space because it doesn't make sense. So like just being united behind the scenes before going to the couple, I think that would make a big difference here. And like, because it's become the couples against the wedding pros, (laughs) they've got their Facebook groups. Now they're talking strategy and they're coming at us with these talking points and it's built up. But Brayden, lead us into what you've got coming up here as this gets going live. You've got some webinars. And if you, like I said earlier, if you have the opportunity to join Brayden for a webinar, you cannot miss it. His webinars are fantastic. So Brayden, tell us what, what opportunities we have coming up. Yeah. So it's funny. I should have, I probably should have done more due diligence before we hit record, but I do not have a name yet for my upcoming masterclass. So I can't give you like a really polished presentation on it. But what we will be talking about is essentially 
what legal essentials you need to be thinking about for your business in 2021. And we're going to dig deeper into cash flow as well. So recently in the past month or two, I've been focusing on some masterclasses for like brand new beginner business owners. And this is not what we're doing in November. So this class will be more geared towards more seasoned business owners, people who've been in business like two years and beyond. And it's in anticipation of my launch of my signature program, which is called Unfuck Your Biz. It's a 10-week step-by-step course. So on the webinar, you'll kind of learn the framework that I teach in the course, along with whether you need an LLC, if it's time to do an S-Corp, how to manage your cash flow, your client payments, how to pay yourself, how to autom- automate your tax savings and all of that good stuff as a more uh, seasoned, experienced business owner who has clients already. Well, and I'll tell you, all of those things are are valuable, but as I'm coaching planners this year, I will tell you that that cash flow piece right there is kind of what's making it breaking people, how they're having to, how planners are needing to adjust the way they're taking in money and the addendums that they're needing to make in their contracts when they change the date and things like that, like it's making or breaking it for people. And so hopping in and learning that and learning to do it right and well in a a way that'll keep your doors open, that's valuable right there in and of itself. Yeah, the cash flow is super important. It's like what, it's one of those things where it doesn't usually like sell people on my programs or my masterclasses, but once they join, they're like, I'm so thankful that I learned that. Like my students oftentimes begrudgingly go through, go through it. And then months later, like, that's what I get the most DMs and emails about. So like this changed my business and changed my life. Yeah. I mean, it's not sexy. I mean, right. Like math (laughs) and like calendars, calendar reminders and invoices, like that's not fun, but it's what keeps the door open. And I think that too, it can create space for more profitability because if you have the cash flow coming in and in the right way, you can invest in things that grow the value of your company. So you know, without getting in these like ruts of where is it? When is it coming? You know, so you can always know what, what is ahead and how to plan and budget. And it really does. It's, it is transformative for sure. Yeah. One of my students, her name's Amanda and she's a wedding planner here in Southern California. She's actually either moving soon or just moved to Alabama. So that'll be a big change, obviously. But she emailed me. Yeah. She emailed me just a few weeks ago And she told me, so first of all, said, thank you. She's like, I wanted to let you know that I paid my quarterly taxes. And it was so fantastic because I had all the money sitting in a separate savings account. I didn't even realize how much was in there until I went to go pay it. And it's fantastic now that I don't have to worry about it. And then she also told me with all the stuff that's happened in 2020, she's like, it's been the hardest year in business for sure. But she's like, if nothing else, it's been really great that I've been able to sleep at night knowing that I have solid contracts and an LLC to protect me. And oftentimes when I'm talking about my own programs, I don't think I pitch that hard enough. It's like, because I compare myself to a lot of other people who teach business owners how to make money. I don't really do that. I teach you how to manage the money that you already have. But then also you can't really put a price on quality of sleep and de-escalation of anxiety for sure. No, you can't. Like last night I read something before bed that just I don't know, got in my head. I mean, it wasn't dramatic or anything. I don't know. It just kind of got me thinking. I did not sleep last night. My brain was just on. It was going. And that's not fun. You know, like don't read. It's kind of the whole mantra of like, don't read your emails before bed. That was kind of basically what happened. And it, it does. It keeps you up at night. It gets stressful. And then you're tired the next day. And I've been running on coffee and I don't even drink coffee. And that's, <laughs> that's not sustainable. This is why I highly recommend this for everyone. I mean, 
Amber, you can, you can tell me if you think it's feasible in your industry, but this is what I do. I no longer have email notifications on any of my devices. I do check my email throughout the day, but mm -hmm. I have a no email after CrossFit rule. So I go, like, I usually work every day until about three and then I'll like do chores or like run errands or just relax for an hour. And then I go to the gym for an hour and a half. And then I'm usually home by six. And that's my cutoff time for email. So as soon as I get to like my workout place, that's my happy place, no email from thereafter. And that gives me like four or five, six hours to decompress before I'm ready to unwind for bed. Yeah, no, that's super smart. I do that with I have a handful of email addresses. And I do that with most of them. I still check one a little bit later. But my biggest hang up is Facebook, because I wish I could have like, a login for just my personal <laughs> and a login <laughs> for just work because you know my workflow is on Facebook and so I can't really like get on to like chit chat with a friend for a second without seeing the work stuff and so I wish I could separate that but you know beggars can't be choosers when you make your entire income off of social media it's a you know I'll just take the good with the bad <laughs> right yeah so, I totally get that yeah. Well, Brayden, thank you so much for joining me today. Tell us where people can find you. I mean, we've, you've given us your book link, but let's talk about, you know, social media or any other ways you want us to get in touch with you. Well, first we should give them the link to the masterclass. So I know that you have that handy. Okay. So that is going to be a bit.ly link. So if you're familiar with bit.ly, it's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash Brayden webinar. So I'll put that in the show notes, but it's bit.ly forward slash Braden webinar. Love it. Name is spelled B-R-A-D-E-N. So no Y. Yes, and then, clarifying. <laughs> yeah, everyone can follow me at Braden Adam Drake. So again, that's B-R-A-D-E-N. Adam, like the biblical figure, Drake, like the rapper, makes me pretty easy to find. And then you can join my Facebook group as well at Braden's Besties. But mostly just follow me on Instagram shoot me a DM, say hello, and make sure that you register for the masterclass. Brayden's Instagram is not only educational and informative, but it is very entertaining. So hop in there and for sure follow Brayden on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Have you been following all of my Your home sports. edit organization videos? Oh my gosh. No, I haven't seen that. <laughs> oh Let my me... God. I've spent like an embarrassing amount of money on canisters of the container well, store. I know we that talk the, other about day, it. the other day when we were talking, you were on your way to the container store. I think yes. what I really like is your, I like your commentary during like debates and things. <laughs> I love your political commentary. <laughs> it's hysterical. And also Brayden has a thing where, so Brayden is an athlete. Like you do Ironmans, right? Yeah, I do marathons and Ironmans. Yeah, so Brayden does, he'll go and do videos like while he's running and talk to us. <laughs> so it's just really fun. I'm like huffing and puffing, just walking up the stairs to the, my office and my house but somehow you yeah well check the insta stories tonight because once i get home from the gym i'll be tuning into the vice presidential debate so i'm sure i'll have a lot of commentary everyone else if you're not political or if you have opposite political views as me that's totally okay but i might piss you off on stories so you, <laughs> it's either for you or it's not and i'm okay with that i enjoy it brayden and i don't know that we always have to agree to still enjoy humor with each other yes so hopefully there's that all right. Well, Brayden, thanks for joining us. And friends, I look forward to talking to you again next week. Y'all have a good one. Mm -hmm.